0: Good morning. Glad to see you here this morning. We are in a message series we've called Unfazed, and we're looking at how how to deal with different kinds of trouble. And in the interest of honest, full disclosure, I, I get phased by trouble. And, you know, we've been looking at being unfazed by distractions, intimidation, uncertainty, today's sickness. And what we're really looking at is not how to be unbothered, but how to not allow trouble to, to walk with God in a way that doesn't allow trouble to derail us as we, as we move forward in life. As I said, uh, today we're looking at sickness, and and our our health, our own health, and that of our friends and family are a real concern to us throughout our entire lives, something we're thinking about a lot. Um, I'm amazed at how often there's something to worry about related to health. Um, My wife, Cindy, has dealt with skin cancer two times in the last five years close friend of mine just had surgery to remove cancer, serious cancer from his his body. Another friend had open heart surgery earlier in the year. Two of my grandkids had major concerns surrounding their birth. Ellie Girl was whisked right into uh, the NICU in ICU. Uh, as she was born, they were concerned about her breathing and her lungs. And the list could go on. I mean, I could be here for a while listing the things. You you know, you know how it is. Um, all of the possibilities with our health makes it a white knuckle ride as we walk through life. And so we really need to know how to deal with it. How do we deal with these realities in our lives? You know, we have kids. And the videos we play in our mind, the scenarios we run, they don't include the time in the waiting room of the doctor's office or the ER or wherever it is. We don't, we don't typically run these scenarios in our mind. When I get sick or I have some kind of new pain, uh, that I feel, I, my, my mind, I, I'm, I think I'm gonna die. You know, <laughs> it goes on and I think, I run the worst case scenario and then it stays on my mind and on my mind and on my mind. And then finally, okay, I'm going to go to the doctor, to get this up. Yeah, I'm going to go find out if anything's really, really going on. We have question marks over our health all the time. Uh, this morning, we're going to look at the answers we find in God's Word that help us walk through sickness and these health concerns. With confidence, God's way. How, how do we do that? We're, we're going to be ruffled by these things. But, but how do we walk through them in a way that God really can bring the help that he wants to bring? I'd like to introduce you to a couple of members of Orange Crest Church. They're, they're our daughter church in Riverside. Nick Karajinas and Debbie Washke. They did a, um, a video uh, for this actually, for this series we we sync up on message series, and so they did a video uh, and they 're explaining their circumstances of walking through serious illness. Nick shares about his wife walking through some sickness uh, serious illness. she is his wife of forty nine years was was his wife, and then debbie. Uh, was seriously ill herself and I'd like you to listen to their story. This is the first part. We're gonna stop in the middle of their story and see what happens at the end of the message.
1: Yeah, she's had she had cancer once before and we be, meet so the thought of her actually passed on to it was like in the back of our mind that that could happen, but it wasn't like uh, we, we didn't plan for it to happen. We, we wanted to pray and, and, and heal like she did before. I think she got to the point of suffering so much that she was wanting to be with the Lord. Mm-hmm. joy. She always kept me laughing. Uh, we were married uh, for 49 years. I didn't I knew better than I never wanted to curse God for not doing anything bad. I knew better than that. And you know? I Maybe the last thing I wanted to do, but I did question, why are, why, why you let this happen, and uh, why aren't you answering my prayers?
2: So I had an autoimmune disease I had been diagnosed with 18 years prior, it was a liver disease, so my body was destroying my liver, and, um, Really, I went quite a few years without having any symptoms and when I started having symptoms, I thought, this will be easy. Um, medicine will take care of me. really had a lot of faith in medicine, but what really amazed me was um, when I did get sick, I got sick fast and I got really sick. Um, so within two months, I lost the ability to walk, which is really, really difficult. Um, And within another month after that, I needed help with everything. I could no longer get anything to drink by myself. I couldn't get to the bathroom by myself. To see your body deteriorate that way, um, to recognize how little control you have over um, your faculties and what is going to happen to you. And um, as I deteriorated, there was nothing that um, could be done by physician. I, I was a person who didn't give any credence to God, really. I um, was a science major in biochemistry and microbiology, I worked in a genetics lab, and, um, and I didn't have really any true beliefs. And I, my faith was in that my family would be able to help me. Um, seven people came forward to um, do live liver transplants, um, which can be done. Um, I felt like we were strong enough, both my family and me, to do this. but. None of the seven were viable um, donors, and um, the the physicians couldn't believe that that none of the seven were viable donors. I really wanted to be stoic and strong, and I thought I knew what death was, and I thought that I could face it straight on, Um, but I really didn't have the strength, and I really didn't have the courage to do it on my own.
0: I really appreciate them sharing with us their stories. That brings us into uh, our, our topic for this morning. Um, we've been looking to the Psalms for help in this series. And the people who wrote the Psalms, like, like Nick and Debbie, they, they bring us into very raw circumstances in their lives. And we can learn a great deal from them in the way that they handle... Those circumstances, what they do in relating to God, and how they how they land on the truth. In Psalm 73, the psalmist is belly aching. That's what my dad would say. He, Quit your belly aching. Um, he was belly aching and complaining about the prosperity of the wicked. And yeah, he, I've thought this way myself. The author's comparing his life with the seemingly prosperous, wicked people around him, and he's incredibly frustrated with the progress they're making. Here's what he says in verse 4 through 5 of Psalm 73. For they have no pangs until death. Their bodies are fat and sleek. I think that means, like, in, in that day and age, agriculture, society, fat means, you know, and sleek, buff. Yeah, you know, it's like they, they were, they, they look healthy. They, they are not in trouble as others are. They are not stricken like the rest of mankind. Now, this is a pretty pathetic couple of comments here. <laughs> and what an exaggeration, really. Uh, I'm sure it's just, he's blowing off steam. It's easy to get into comparison. When you're battling sickness yourself, you're, you're going through sickness, and you look around you and people aren't, and you, you really want to be in their shoes. He complains that the wicked have no pain. Really? <laughs> you know, their bodies are fat, and they aren't stricken like the rest of mankind. What a pity party this guy's having. I, I've been there. I'm not picking on him. I'm just saying this is a major pity party. After the pity parter, par- parter party, later in the psalm, he comes to his senses, and then he he speaks the truth about God. This is what happens in the Psalms. They start with their raw, real thoughts and feelings and emotions, and then they land on the truth. This is, this is a lesson for us here. We start with what's going on in our lives, but we need to direct our thoughts, focus our mind on the truth. And, and where he lands is that God is with us in our sickness. After admitting he's angry and bitter toward God, this is what the writer says in verses 23 through 26. Nevertheless, I am continually with you, you hold me my right hand you guide me with your counsel and afterward you receive me into glory whom have I in heaven but you and there is nothing on earth that i desire beside you my flesh and my heart may fail but god is the strength of my heart and my portion forever that's those beautiful lines there and very true God is with us. He wants to walk through these things with us. When sickness strikes us out of the blue, the question comes to mind, where is God in the middle of what's going on in my life right now? Where is he? The truth is, God is right there with us. He's walking with us through the sickness. He's right there in the waiting room. He's in the hospital room. He's in the waiting room as we're waiting to find out what's going to happen. He guides us with his counsel if we turn to him in the middle of the health crisis. The perspective we find in Scripture is that God is right there on the ride as we're plummeting on the downside of the roller coaster. He's on the ride with us. If we turn to him, he will grant... Perspective. He'll give help. He'll bring comfort. He'll give strength. He'll strengthen our heart. Notice his statement you guide me with your counsel and afterward you receive me to glory. He's saying, Lord, you walk with me when my health is failing, and you coach me through it. No matter how things end, God gives his people eternal life. This is the joy we have. If you're a Christ follower, you have the hope of eternal life. And so any sickness that we're going through is temporary. This is, this is our perspective that we hang on to. If you're a Christ follower, you look forward to that promise of eternal life and you realize your hope is in heaven, not on earth. It's not here. And one of the things God wants to do through our sicknesses is he wants to show the rest of the world how to walk by faith, how to trust Him, how to rely on Him, how to rest in Him. One of the questions we ask about sickness is, why? Nick was asking, why? Why, why does sickness exist at all? Why, why do we have to struggle with it? Why do we have to go through this? The Bible tells us that sickness exists because the sin of the first man and woman infected the planet with the consequences of rebellion against the one who made us. That's what you find in Scripture. Romans 5.12 says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sin. So, first man and woman, uh, Adam and Eve, they, they decided to rebel against God, step outside of bounds, the boundaries that he had Provided for for life. We've all stamped our approval on it. We've all sinned as well. But when Adam sinned, he he was the first man. And here's what you... It's helpful to understand about what's going on with Adam. He was the federal head of our human race. So he's the head of the race. So his choices act like an umbrella or not. For the rest of us. So, if he chooses to obey God and, and do what pleases God, then the umbrella is there. There's protection. If he rebels like he did, there are holes in the umbrella. And we're impacted by the trouble that flows in through his choice. This is what happened. Trouble entered a realm of his responsibility. He was responsible for the whole human race. And trouble entered his stewardship, which was all of us, because of the choice that he made. Now, God did the only thing that he could do to completely reverse the effects of the fall. That, that fall, the fall of man, the choice that Adam made. He sent Jesus Christ to be the head of a new people. So here's the perspective you see in scripture. Adam, the head of our race, Jesus Christ, the head of a whole new group of people, the federal head. So that means if you decide to come under his rule, you're in his realm and you're protected by by his life and his protection. So this is what happened. He he came, his perfect life, and his sacrifice for us brings eternal life to everybody who trusts him. Romans 5.18. Therefore, as one trespass, the trespass of Adam, led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. So if you if you put yourself under Jesus' rule, you have life, eternal life. You're, you're under his umbrella. So the reason sickness exists in our world is that sin infected the planet with disease and disasters, and that's what we've been talking about in this series. But God has started the process of unwinding the trouble and the impact of sin if if you've put yourself under Jesus Christ then he is he's made a deposit in you he, the holy spirit comes to live in you and that's that's like a deposit that you're going to experience complete restoration in heaven but in the meantime we're we're in the middle of sickness we're struggling with the things that are going on in this life and there's a very logical reason that I don't have time to get into this morning that God doesn't just wipe all that out. Um, okay, I'll just say this. I can't, I can't resist. <laughs> the reason he doesn't just wipe all that out is because he would have to wipe all of us out. Because sin is in us. We've made the choice. Sin is not only a choice, it's an infection that we all have. And so he, in the person of Jesus Christ, he made a way for us to begin living under the umbrella that Jesus provides. But he has to leave earth for now the way it is because he's waiting for all of us that possibly will to decide to turn around and give their lives to Christ and step under his rule. So there it is. That's in a nutshell. Um, Couldn't resist that one. God offers eternal life to all who make Jesus boss. And he gives us the hope of heaven when we do that. In, in another passage, he told us that, it, it's a great picture, Romans, Romans 8, the whole of creation is yearning, we're longing for the days when everything would be made right. Not only people, but the entire creation is yearning for this day. And this is what changes our perspective on sickness. Sickness is a temporary part of our existence. It, 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 it's, it's only something we experience until we move on to eternity with the Lord Jesus. Sickness exists because we live in a fallen world. But God offers to walk through it with us now. And he can strengthen our hearts in the middle of it if we turn to him. If we trust him, we, we can face sickness because we know it's not going to last forever. It may seem like it. Oh, you know, I'm sick for a couple of days. I'm like, when is this going to be over? You know, the price is right is only good for five minutes. <laughs> I used to love it when I was a kid for some reason. But now it's like, oh, I'm just really tired of this. I got to go to sleep. Um But anyway, in the meantime, what God wants us to do is he wants us to learn to trust him with the number of our days. This is what he wants us to do. David, king of Israel, famous, most revered king of Israel, his life hung in the balance almost constantly. But as we read in a psalm that he wrote, he lived with a settled perspective that God is involved in his life from the day he was born, the very time that he was born, until the day he passes into eternity. This is his perspective. Psalm 139, 13-15. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance in your book were written, every one of them. The days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. So, even in the womb, God is hes able to see, and He has decided, as He's shaping us in our womb, He's decided how many days we'll have. We can trust Him with that number. It tells us, Something here in this passage that we can learn no other way. And each of us, we can find a great deal of freedom if, if we settle it for ourselves like David had settled it. God has a plan for my life that began in the womb. If I cooperate with him, if I live for him, if I, if I do his will, my, my life will not be cut short. It will not be any shorter than God intends. And he will accomplish with my life exactly what he wants. But I have to live for him. I have to trust him. There are some foolish things we can do that will cut our life short. But we, we, we want to we obey. We want to live for his purpose. And we can trust God. It's the same for our kids. For parents. For close friends. God has numbered all of our days. Let's put a number on it. There's no way around that. When we find ourselves in the waiting room, we can turn to God who will be there with us. He'll provide the strength we need. He'll give the perspective we need. And He will fortify us to face whatever it is we're dealing with. One time, I was visiting my dad in the hospital. He was in his early 90s at the time. And. I remember this like it was yesterday, but I walked into the hospital room, and I don't, I don't know. There was something going on with his blood. I think this was probably one of those things. We were in the hospital a lot with him um, in the last three years of his life. But uh, he said, he, it is, this is how he used to talk to me, Randy. If he had something serious to say, he'd say, Randy, could you pray for me? I'm about to leave. It's nighttime. Could you pray? I'm really having a hard time turning this over to God would you would you pray for me so i said sure dad and the next morning i came in and uh, he said hey i turned it over to god he settled it you know in your 90s you shouldn't be surprised if you're about to die <laughs> But, you know, we're still, we wrestle. This is the stuff we wrestle with every, almost every day. I don't know about you, but almost every day. As we walk through sickness, you and I are going to need to keep coming back to this truth. God has set the number of my days. And I'm going to trust him. We might want more, but we need to trust God. There's a king in the Old Testament, King Hezekiah. He was about to die. God told him he was about to die, and he said, give give me more. God gave him 15 more years. He ruined his entire legacy in that 15 years. We don't want any more than God gives us. We want to trust him with the number of our days. If we turn to him... God can use all sickness that we go through for his purposes and for my good. The amazing thing about God is he's working in the world, in the middle of the mess. He's working through the consequences of our rebellion to him. And because of his relentless love, he patiently works in the middle of the mess as we choose to trust him. In the scripture, scripture you, you, you understand you can pull out God's purposes for sickness. He has a reason for allowing it in the world and bringing it in the world. One purpose is for his glory. Some of the sickness we experience is for the glory of God. Uh, that that may seem odd, but the way we humans are, out of guilt, it's easy to think, oh, I'm sick. Something's wrong. I did something wrong. I'm I I don't what you know. I wouldn't be sick if I hadn't messed up. Here's a conversation Jesus had with his disciples that clears the confusion. John nine. As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, "Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind?" Now they had concluded, you know, hey, something had to be wrong with either his parents or their parents, or maybe this man himself, Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. Then Jesus healed him. Our sickness is, is always related to the infection of sin that has been caused on our planet, but it's not necessarily connected to personal sin. Jesus makes it clear in his statement. He, he's blind so God can be glorified so that people can see the works of God here as I restore his sight. When my grandson Blake was born, they they expected him to uh, have some real problems. His head was too big for a stomach or something like that. I didn't realize that was a problem until this happened, but um they had assembled a team in the waiting room. I mean this is how convinced they were that there was a problem. They'd assembled a team in the waiting room who were gonna immediately sorry. You know how I am <laughs> if you maybe if you're new you don't. Sorry, this is what happens. Um, but anyway, they'd assembled a team, they were ready to operate, and he was born completely healthy. And I was in the waiting room, wrestling with all that, trying to turn it over, like my dad, trying to give it to God, give it God, whatever, you know, asking God for help. And uh, it was interesting because the first visit to the pediatrician sounds like he gives birth. You know, he's there for a lot of, a lot of births. But um, he said, "Yeah, I remember you guys," because the nurse called me. The head nurse called and she said, "Hey." The baby was born completely healthy. What do we do? (laughs) And he said, "I don't know. Have a cup of coffee. Take a break." (laughs) That's that's a story that Blake can tell the rest of his life. God intends to weave that into His story. This is some of the reason God allows sickness so that He can be glorified, so He could be honored. Uh, a second reason is discipline. In Psalm 38, David is languishing in sickness and pouring his thoughts and emotions out to God. He had done a horrible thing. Really horrible thing. In verse 3, he says this, and we can learn from it There is no soundness in my flesh because of your indignation, there is no health in my bones because of my sin. It was clear to him this was discipline from God. God sometimes allows sickness so that he will get us get our attention. He can get our attention through it and know in ways that he can't in any other way. Um, and David responded to God and he was healed from the sickness if If our disobedience is a source of the sickness, the reason we're sick. God isn't going to play a guessing game with us. Just ask Him. I ask Him, you know, when I get sick or when something's going on, is there something I've done? Is there something I need to straighten out with you? It it could be a possibility. I'd be doing you a disservice if I didn't tell you that. But sometimes He's trying to get our attention, and if we ask Him, He will make it crystal clear. He's never vague. So if He doesn't make it clear, don't worry about it. Just walk through it. It's important to know, though, that this is a possibility because confession of our sin could bring healing. So what happened in David's life here. God's purpose in David's sickness was discipline out of love so that he might repent and turn around and get back on track, which he did. A third purpose for sickness is to grow us toward maturity. Most of our growth and maturity comes as we pass through testing and challenge. Without difficulty in life, we tend to rely on ourselves. It's just the way we are. Um, in Psalm 119, 71, the psalmist says, It is good for me that I was afflicted that I might learn your statutes. You know, when we're when we're struggling with stuff, when we're afflicted, when we're sick, when there's something serious like that going on, We're drawn to figure out what God's doing. What does he say about this? What is the truth here that I can build my life on? Trouble, including sickness, brings us to God in a very profound way. We can learn his ways in the waiting room like we can learn them nowhere else. So there's a maturing that goes on when we turn to God and rely on him because we have no other options. The fourth reason uh, for sickness is there is a sickness leading unto death. And Jesus' very close friend, Lazarus, had become ill. And he was taking his time. You know, that his sisters had sent a message, Mary and Martha. They had sent a message. Jesus, hey, Lazarus is sick. They expect him to come heal him. Everything's fixed. Well, Jesus was just taking his time. And... I, I think someone said to him, hey, hey, he's sick, we need to get there. He goes, well, no, his, his, well, this is what he said. But when Jesus heard it, he said, the illness does not lead to death. This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So this reinforces the fact that some sickness is allowed by God for his glory, but also there is sickness that leads to death. That's something we all need to face. There's a one-to-one ratio between the people who are born and the people who die. And so we need to be prepared for that. We need to think about that. We, We need to get ready by giving our lives to Christ, trusting Him with our life, and allow Him to bring the hope of eternal life to us. This takes away, Jesus took away the sting of death. He takes it away. It's important to face sickness and the possibility of death in faith, trusting God to use it for his purpose. Here's the conclusion of the stories of our friends from Orange Crest. I'd like you to watch this with me.
1: ran for healing, but I wanted to, to be healed completely and not this partial. I did question uh, why, I, why, why are you letting this happen and uh, why aren't you answering my prayers? And uh, uh, I still wonder why, uh, but I know he has higher ways than, than me, and so I that, the Lord didn't. Make her die. He chose not to heal her. It's hard to understand that, but I trust in him that he has his reasons. I realize all that he has done for us, and I thank the Lord for the amount of time I did have with her. I'm still going strong, so I, I live to I try to figure out what to do next to accomplish what he wants me to do and, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, trust
2: trusted him. I felt like we were strong enough, both my family and me, to do this, that none of the seven were viable um, donors. And um, the, the physicians couldn't believe that, that none of the seven were viable donors. Mm-hmm. And I think it was then that I turned to God because I felt like there was really no, no other hope. And I feel like I have come to terms with the, the fact that eventually I'll go through this process again in God's time when the, my, my life comes to an end. And, and I trust God to, to do what he needs to do with my life. I have so much gratitude that God has led me on in a, in a way that I feel like I'm really getting to know him. Um, and I've seen His faithfulness in, in my life, and He's changed me completely. And I'm completely faithful to the Course He'll set for my life. I am grateful for what He's given me. He's given me more time, and He's saved me. More than anything, He's saved me. Oh,
0: I really appreciate them sharing, um, just wrestling with things. Uh, when sickness strikes us or someone close to us, we, we really don't know God's purpose in it. We don't have all the answers. That's for heaven. We, we will get the answers then. Personally, I'd always vote for healing. <laughs> I would always vote for, hey, God, glorify yourself in this. I would always vote for that but we should settle ourselves before God and trust him with the number of our days no matter the outcome there may be other ways that God wants to be glorified in the sickness as as we bear up under the same sickness that infects the entire world in a way that honors the Lord we say to the world hey we're we're not we we humble ourselves before God and we don't expect special treatment from him and so we walk through it, and we can, we can really show, through the sickness, the grace of God. This could be God's purpose for dealing with sickness. We, we don't know. Will you sw- surrender yourself to God's purpose, even if it leads to death? Our example could strengthen others as we walk with God through it. As I wrap up this morning, I want to encourage you to think through a way to respond personally, and take a next step. There are a couple of steps that I've suggested uh, on your connection card and on the bottom of the listening guide. Um, one of those is to surrender to God's purpose in sickness. Maybe, maybe you're struggling with illness yourself or someone close to you is. Settle in your mind to trust God with it. And Ask Him to use it for His purpose. Pray for those who are sick, uh, that God would use it in their life for His purpose. And then maybe you're in a season of health or you've really never had serious illness or dealt with it in your own life. Thank God for that. Thank God for a season of health. Uh, If you're enjoying it, thank Him. And then there may be something else that God said to you, and I'd encourage you to just do what He says. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for the truth that we find in your word that really does set us free. We, we don't have to be tied up uh, by everything that's going on around us, but we can be free as we learn to trust you and live by your truth and set our hearts to please you, God. We we ask for your help in this, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.